Hello and welcome to The Church in Action. This week we're finishing our two-part series on worship with Becca Mowry, worship director of Walnut Hill Community Church and Vision New England president Charles Galda. You can listen to part one of this series on your favorite podcast streaming platform or on our website at visionnewengland.org. We hope you enjoy. And and there's a lot, and there's some, even hymns that do this. I'm a hymn fan. Yeah. And so there there's even that sing in a consumer-driven society, yes. sing a little too much about what I think and yes. want. And what you're um, going to give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, rather right? than asserting worth and expressing gratitude for who he is. Yeah. Yeah. And and so I and I, I love some of those old hymns and I love I love hymns, period. Right. But I love uh, and I always joke, nothing magnifies the glory. We all know nothing magnifies the glory of God better than a 17th century hymn. We all we just know that intuitively. <laughs> yeah. um, but there's a few of them. They're like, well, I don't right. As I really think about listen to what those words are saying. Yeah. I'm not sure that's actually helpful to us. Yeah in today's yeah. context, because we are in so much of a consumer society mm-hmm. and we've got to, and part of what I think the disciplines can be helpful for is we've got to break ourselves out of the consumer mindset. Yes. Because you say we sit and talk about your, you criticize the different music styles. I'm like, I think we sit and talk about what you're wearing <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and how you moved and what you did yeah. with this and yeah. your guitar is too big and you yeah. should hold it that way. Right. Yeah. Is, is because we're so, and oh, I'm putting it on TV now. Oh gosh. Right. It, it even does more because that's what we do is we it's sit in Yes, right? we observe. We're spectators right. rather than engagers. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. how do we... Oh, sorry. So, go sorry. ahead. No, go, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. You ask your question. So you talk about worship yeah. from what I perceive as an emotional perspective, mm. right? Something emotive. And mm-hmm. I think people think of it that way. What do you say to people like uh, me who are on, lower on the emotional scale? Lower on the, you're not lower on the emotional scale. You just express it differently than me. I fluctuate in a very narrow band of emotion. <laughs> normally. Well, this is a great question. This is actually why I love I love worshiping through music, because okay, so Berkeley um, Berkeley School of Music they did a study back in 2020, and it was a very subjective experience across all sorts of cultures, and they mapped out how when music is it engages the brain. So when it hits the brain, comes through our ears, and what it does is it lights up our limbic system. And our limbic system is what controls our emotions. And they actually mapped 13 different emotions that music can trigger in our bodies. And so when you think about um, kind of what we were talking about is how we have theologies and we have beliefs and, and we have core like truths. When we pair that up, So these things in our mind, which are held in a very different part of our brain. So when we pair up that truth with music, now what we've done is we have fully and more completely activated our body, body, mind, and spirit. And we are able to more wholeheartedly understand and grasp certain truths. So this idea that Christ died for my sins. Or John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him, they won't perish, but they'll have eternal life. We grew up memorizing that verse. And so there's so much power in that verse. Now you pair that with lighting up that limbic system in your brain, the way that God has designed us, and you pair the truth with the emotion. And all of a sudden it has a wholehearted meaning. So people who might have a hard time um, grasping the weight of Christ died for me while I was still a sinner. He died for me. 
And you pair that up in the truth of music. And now you have more wholeheartedly grasped something, something that you believe, but now you can feel. You can feel it and you can sense it. And so the balance of them is very important, not just emotion, not just head knowledge. What worship music does, good theological worship music can pair the two of them together. And it can really bring alive scripture and understanding and theological concepts that might have always been here, but it moves it now to the heart. And and it stays with us, as we know from Schoolhouse yes. Rock. Right. And, <laughs> and, and the pastor was saying to me, I started, he started out, I said, okay, two all be patties. Right. And then handed and everybody in the audience could say exactly what came next. Right. Yes. It, yes. Right? So yeah, it, yeah. it stays with us in a way we don't always realize. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause and, it's and stored so they, in a different part of your brain. Now you, you just made a good point and you were saying, mentioning Dallas Willard before, and I've heard him say this about worship stuff um, is leave aside for a second that most of us lay people have a little foggy, theology around what's the difference between the body, the will, the heart, the mind, mm -hmm. the soul, the spirit. And, but he would say it's the only discipline that encompasses all of us. Yes. And does. so it's the points yes. that you were just making. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think going back to what we were talking about, this whole idea of like, eh, I don't feel like it. I don't feel like giving. I don't feel like reading my Bible. I don't feel like praying or fasting. I don't feel like singing today. Do it. Do it. I'll often say, even sometimes to people, I'm like, you know what? Let's just hold our hands out in front of us as we worship. There's nothing magical about it. But yeah. what you have done now is you have engaged your hands. You have engaged your body. Mm -hmm. Even if you don't like this song, let's sing it. Engage yourself in a way into worship. Discipline yourself. And with this idea and with this belief and with faith, believing without seeing, with this yeah. faith that God is going to meet you in it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, and I'll, I'll draw out one other thing that I think is important that I hadn't thought about um, before, but it does speak to sometimes the volume of the music. Um, yeah. Can, right. Can be an issue, but what it, it can detract from it. And yes. the issue being that somebody's pointing out that when we sing together and when we even recite scripture together, there's something that's um, subliminal, maybe isn't the right word, yes. but subliminal happening that is unity. Oh, oh, a hundred percent. That's why you look at countries have anthems, right? You know, sports teams have anthems. There is this unity and this bonding of, of of our kind of this human community that comes together when we chant, when we chant together. Whether it's a prayer, whether it's a song, um, there's all sorts of um, psychological studies that happen that, that that are on this subject. Yeah. And so what is it about what when we talk about so the disciplines create this space to transform us, mm -hmm. what is it transforming either in our hearts or retraining in our bodies? Mm. What is it doing that's been useful that you've noticed or maybe that you can't even see, but you know is happening? You mean worship particularly or just spiritual yeah. disciplines? Yeah, worship, worship as a discipline. Yeah, worship as a discipline for me. Um, you know, I'm a worship leader, so I I have to prepare um, I hope anybody who is a worship leader or leading ministry in any kind is really preparing. You're not showing up on the day of. You come prepared. So you have been in prayer. You have uh, maybe been fasting. You're in the word. You're seeking the Lord. You're listening. Um, but for me, what a, a lot of worship has done is uh, just because I run, the because I'm over our community, it has created a deep sense 
of a spiritual community, uh, a bond between the family of Christ. But as a person, like on a personal level, what worship has done for me is um, it allows me to enter into a place of intimacy without distraction. What do you mean by that? So, so like what I was talking about with this idea that we have, I mean, there are very tremendous statements in, and beliefs that we have in our faith that um, if we really think about it, they should often move us to fall to our knees and just mm. thank the Lord, right? While I was still a sinner, Christ died for me. You know, he left the 99 to come. You know, Christ died in my place. I mean, these are tremendous statements that, again, we've we know, but what does it mean to embody them? And I think when uh, when we're able to engage in worship in an environment that isn't distracting, that's why I think it is important to find an environment that you're not distracted in, you know, um, whether that's hymns, whether that's a quieter setting, whether that's, you know, really dark lights and um, an excellent band or really good sound. That's why we create these atmospheres of uh, not uh, not being distracted in worship, I think when we're able to to grasp these principles, it brings a deep sense of um, not just intimacy, because I know that's such a churchy word uh, of um, like you know it, you know it to the deepest sense of who you are. You don't know it here, you grasp it here, and you experience it in a different way. Does that make sense? Well, I, th I think it's it's hard. Um, if you've not experienced it, it's hard to know what you're talking about at all. Yeah, yeah. If, but you're all. I'm also left with, uh, you know, I'm the logical, analytical, data driven yeah. one. So the experiencing yeah. it here is not a natural thing for me. Yeah. And and so so I, and so I I struggle sometimes with. So am I just wired up differently? Or, and I am, right? I know that. Mm -hmm. um, or am I missing something that I could be experiencing worship in a way that I don't today? Yeah, I, I said that it could be both. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I know that when I hear certain people um, preach on certain passages, I, I look at that and I say, I missed it. Oh my goodness. How have I read right. this passage for so long? And my gosh, I missed this. I missed the heart of this passage, or I didn't understand that. When I see people who engage in intercessory prayer and they're praying for other people, I think, wow, I, I, maybe I've, I missed it. Maybe I need to press into that. Maybe I have a desire to press into that. But I also, to your point, Charles, think we're very different. God creates us very differently. I'm an extremely expressive person, if you didn't know. You know, so like I'm like always like I can't sing without raising my hands. I could dance around the stage if I wanted to. If I was wireless, I'd be all over the place. Are you kidding me? I'm just an expressive person in everything I do. My husband will actually say sometimes we're out to eat and he's like, um, I think people think you're yelling at me. So just kind of tone it down because, you know, I'll like into something that we're talking about. So, yes, I think the way you worship and the way I worship, it's going to look differently. The way my husband worships and the way I worship look extremely differently because we're very different people. I think the purpose of it, though, is is God being able to minister to our hearts. And are we coming with a heart to attribute worth to him, to bless him? Are we coming with a heart to say, Lord, I'm so grateful for all you've done and for who you are. And I will sing back to you about your goodness. 
because you know, in moments of extreme excitement and energy and motivation on my part, I have been known to nod. <laughs> yes, <laughs> maybe clap, but I don't even see you clap very often. Yep. But you know what, to that mm -hmm. point though, Charles, I also think the church has been misled mm. in a sense where, you know, Jesus has become our hype addiction. And so, mm. you know, that's where you kind of have to be a little bit careful where people are just going to get hyped up and they're going to get their Jesus fix. Mm -hmm. Okay. But there's no change in their life. Yeah. They don't love more. There is no more joy. Mm -hmm. There is no more peace. They just go from hype to hype to hype, from revival to revival to revival, traveling around the country, trying to get their next fix like a drug addict. Mm. And they're not changed. I would venture to say if you're not being changed and you are not demonstrating the fruit of the spirit, God is not growing in you himself in a greater way. You are just on an emotional high. You are not on, you are actually not affecting anything in the spiritual realm of your life. Yeah, I, sh I should be able to um, have a, see a noticeable difference Yes. in me, at least as it pertains to what I'll call my besetting sins, mm. right? If, I, if mm -hmm. I'm, my besetting sins mm -hmm. may always be with me, yeah. but they should be less if I'm yes. growing in Christ. Yes. And you know yeah. what? I would say like, like watching your kids grow you almost have to look back to realize how much they've grown. You yeah. know, if Christ is always at work in us, we might not notice it from day to day, but I might notice, wow, when I went back to visit my family and I'm normally like, like angry or I react in a certain way or I'm stressed out and I actually experienced the peace of the Lord. Wow. God has done something this year in my life. And others should certainly notice it in your life as well. Your spouse, your children, your close community. They should notice that in your life as God is working, even if you don't see it on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. And so, some of us, you and I both have a friend who would talk about, some of us look too much at the other shore of where we're trying to get and how far we are away. Yeah. And every once in a while, some of us need to look backward and see how far we've come. Yes. Yes. Right. And, and I love, I even read this morning, Andrew Murray said, he said, faith is a daily journey. You know, like Christ said, or Father, the God said when he showed up to Moses, I am, you know, we don't need to be way too far down the road. He said, what is it today that the Lord has for you? How will you abide today? How will you walk in obedience today? How will you worship today yeah. for to grow your faith for today? Yeah, it's when I, I don't think we tell people early on enough that fa the Christian faith is a worldview and lifestyle. And so a lot of us go a long period of time of, okay, well, I'll, I've got my life and I'm going to stop doing these things and I'm going to add these things, but it's still the life, right? Right. And, and not, no, 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 no. Your, your, your life is ordered entirely wrong. Yeah. Your life, by the way, is on the cross. Yeah. That's where right. your life just went when you gave it to yeah. Jesus. It's going on the cross. It's going yeah. in the ground to die so that he can build something up and he can grow something new. And I don't think most, I think some of us takes a long time to realize that's what's really yeah. being said in scripture. Yeah. Um, and as a result, we're, we're not growing in Christ. We're not, cause we've just added on the things that work. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And we're, we're really discouraged by the Lord because, you know, everybody's promised us the best life and, you know, prosperity and this and that. I mean, that'll fill the churches. Right. But what yep. happens when Christ says, no, I've actually called you to pick up your life, pick up your cross and follow after me. And when we actually believe him at it, 
that's where resurrection life comes, a life to the fullest that he's promised. But it certainly is not the the life that the world puts a spotlight on and says this is glamorous. I, I keep saying we're going to do a series uh, called Do We Really Believe That? Yeah. And so we evangelicals, even we don't like the term evangelical, we evangelicals have a high view of scripture mm -hmm. and it's authoritative. And scripture says, devote yourself to prayer. Do we believe that? Right. Meditate on God's word day and night. Do we believe that? Yeah. Consider others better than yourself. Do we do we believe that? <laughs> Isn't it funny how I'll often say we'll take certain passages so literally, like mm. this is what Jesus said. I'm like, yeah, but Jesus also said. Yeah. And then we can, you know, theologize that away. Well, I think what he meant was it was symbolic of, I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what the issue was. I remember one pastor saying, so the verse before this, we say is just cultural. The verse after this, we say that's just cultural. Yes. But the verse in the middle, we say that's true for all times yes. and all places. Yes. And, and it's like, what's the hermeneutical? It's literal principle? hanging on your mirror. Yes. Oh my gosh, that's so true. It's just and, cultural. And, and and so how do we? So you've talked a lot about mm. Sunday morning. Yeah. When we talk about worship. Tell talk to me about how you think about worship as an ongoing practice that may not be Sunday morning. Mm. Well, I look at worship is obviously more than music. I don't go around singing all day long. Um, you know, if worship is being, you know, expressing my gratitude and attributing worth to the Lord and really a life of surrender, that it should look like a daily walk and interaction. Um, are, you, are you looking for like real practical things? Like what do well, I do like in a week? I'm, or just, what? I'm just thinking, I, so I wanted to get out of the worship is nine o'clock on Sunday morning. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Right. And 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 so how how does that play out? And maybe in practical ways, but just how do you think about worship as an ongoing discipline? And how do you think about and practically what does that mean then? Yeah, I you know, as an ongoing discipline, I always, you know, I there are two words that have really been on my heart this this last couple of months, and it's been uh, prepared and expectant. Prepared mm -hmm. and expectant. And what does it look like to enter each day being prepared? to abide in Christ, to, to bless him, to live out his call in my life. And am I entering this day expectant that he's going to show up, that he's going to walk with me, that he's going to strengthen me, that he is going before me and preparing a way. So it's a mindset of being prepared and expectant each day. Um, and part of being prepared for me is I, I get up early. I spend time with the Lord. Um, I always ask him, you know, like I'm always looking at different like, where do you want me in your word right now? Sometimes it's Old Testament. Sometimes it's New Testament. Sometimes it's both. It's um, so it's starting my day that way. Um, it's even putting some disciplines, if you will, uh, into practice of looking at my calendar and even in my regular meetings, like I have a DMV appointment later today. Like, Lord, do you have anything for me in that? It's inviting him in to each moment of the day. And really it's being intentional with my time. I, I am not on social media. Um, and part of the reason I'm not on social media is because it was a time suck for me. And I thought, you know what, like maybe the Lord has something to say to me. So I'm going to either have worship songs on, or I'm going to have books that I feel like if the Lord's drawing me into this area and wants me to learn more about such and such, I'll listen to a book on CD. I'm not going to waste my time all the time scrolling through social media. I'm not trying to like make anyone feel guilty or condemn them, but um, that's just I'll, me. I'll go, I'll go farther than you. I loathe social media. <laughs> our, our communications person is listening to me now cringing because wish New England was on social media. Yeah. <laughs> but I hate social media, right? It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's such a destructive force, but it just is just 
I just, so much of it is just a waste of time. There's some good resources out there. Yeah, absolutely. But so much and I of it is a waste of I time. Think, I think it's about having an intentional plan with it. Hmm. You know, it, it's about setting that plan to say, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this for a certain amount of time. It's, it's using our time intentionally. I mean, it is amazing how much time we can waste doing nothing all the time. Like even we will say to people, let's get together for dinner. And like two years pass because we never put a, put a date on the calendar to get together then, be intentional yeah. about it. So when I look at at worship as a lifestyle, um, I, I want to be prepared. I want to be expected. And I want to be intentional. You know, it's, it's what we're talking about. When we're talking about making disciples. We're talking about spiritual formation in people. And um, everyone, it's important to realize everyone is being spiritually formed. Yes. Oh, yes. We're always Dallas being formed. Was, it's just a yeah, matter Dallas, of forming us. Right. Dallas was that Hitler was spiritually formed. Mm -hmm. Right. He's right. Right. It's just who's doing the forming and social yes. media is for sure forming us. Yes. Right. There's yes. tons of data studies about how it's rewiring our brain and the mm -hmm. time it's using and the messaging it's doing. It is absolutely discipling people. And so I think we need to be smart about how we use it. I don't. Absolutely. Think, you know, be very tomorrow. intentional about it. But, but recognize if I'm going to spend you know, two hours today on social media and the average person spends four hours a day on social media. Oh my gosh. I can't even, that like stresses me out even hearing you say that. <laughs> I can't even believe it. And four hours a day on television. And so if that's the same person, that's an eight, there's your work day. You're done. <laughs> I don't think people need to fast from food anymore. People need to fast from TV and social media. There and, you go. And, and so now you're spending, call it four, even if you're only doing two hours on all that stuff, that is discipling you. Are you spending two hours being discipled by somebody who's yeah. a believer, a Christian, or you're being discipled by Jesus, or you're being yeah. discipled by God's word. And, mm -hmm. and I think probably many of us have that out of kilter. Yes. That awareness, that awareness of where has my day gone? What have I been doing? I mean, you look at anybody who's looking at uh, losing weight. The first thing they're going to tell you to do is keep a food diary. Cause you don't realize how much like you walk by the M&M jar and you walk by the this, and I'm just going to have, Oh, I'm going to finish my daughter's crust on her peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And you don't realize how much you're actually taking in until you have to log all of it. And I would say the same thing for like your time suck in the day. It's like, where's your time going? And if you spent a week actually documenting where your time is going, it might, it might be a pretty rude awakening. And then to invite the Lord into that and say, Lord, I need you to help me like rearrange my days so I can be, it can be honoring to you. I can steward my time. Well, the Lord has a lot to say about stewardship. Yeah. And, and I'm, uh, I, I'm always focused on being productive and I'm probably a little bit too focused on being productive sometimes, but, but I'd look at that stuff and say, and what productive did you get from that? Yes. Yeah. Right? yeah. What fruit, and, what fruit right? was born of, of, of the production? I'm, I'm with you too. I'm very much an achiever and it is good to know that God wires us in different ways. So to put yourself around those people that can help balance it and where you mm -hmm. can actually get the best out of one another. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what, what have, what have I not asked you about that you think is important in this topic? You know, the only thing I guess I would really say in, in the spiritual disciplines is persevere, like keep going, keep going. I think of it like how Jacob wrestled out through the night with the Lord and, and God blessed him actually for it. <laughs> he broke him and then he blessed him. And he said, you have wrestled with God and man, and yet you have prevailed. And, and he got his new name on the other side of that as one who prevails. And I just think like, let's make a commitment to go after these things. Be intentional with your time. Stay 
with it. We are such an instantaneous culture. We are such a microwave culture. If we don't see results or we don't feel better, you know, I committed to marriage counseling with my spouse for, and we went to four sessions and it didn't work anything. I'm like, you've been married for 30 years. Are you kidding me? You might have to be in marriage counseling for 30 years to rework this. Mm. Nobody wants to persevere anymore, but it is really in the persevering that the intimacy that we're strengthened, that we become resilient, that our roots go deep. And so I would say, get some mentors in your life to help you persevere, get some accountability, get intentionality and, and persevere in some of these things with expectancy that God is going to transform you and change you. And that he will give you the desires of your heart. He will give you new desires in your heart. And you will be able to look back six months, one year, five years and say, look how the Lord has transformed me. I never would have thought, but look what he has done. Yeah. Yeah. You know, James, uh, Paul says a, a verse like this, but James is, I think, known for it is consider pure joy when you consider trials of any kind. That's tough, they, Testing your faith. It, oh, it's, it's awful, right? We, right? <laughs> uh, it, but testing your faith produces endurance, yeah. pers perseverance in some tra translations, making yeah. you complete, lacking in nothing. And whenever I read it in James, I think James is talking about talk is cheap a lot. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, you say you believe these yeah. things. Now persevere in them. Let's see if your if your verb goes with your nouns. Yes, and you are not persevering for nothing. You are persevering to become the person that God has always intended you to be. You are persevering for completeness. I mean, yeah. that is a promise. That's a promise that we can persevere and run towards. I love that. That's such a great passage. Yeah, I think I think we're all way more broken. Some of us realize, I think, how oh, broken 100%. we are. Oh, 100%. Yes. I mean, most of us don't realize just how broken we really are. Yes. And I'll count myself among them. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, Becca, thank you so much for being yeah. with us. Oh, thanks thank for, you for having me. Thanks we could for talk mystery. all day, Charles. All day. I know. I know. And then thanks for your mystery. Thanks for your friendship. Yes. Yeah. So, so, and and thank you for listening. And thank you uh, to our producer, Jess Mangano. Uh, this program is is created by Vision New England to help us be the people of God, doing the work of God, making disciples, doing justice, and fostering unity to share Jesus and transform New England. You can find more resources at visionnewengland.org. This program is brought to you by our friends at the Luis Palau Association who are dedicated to proclaiming the good news, uniting the church and impacting cities worldwide. God bless you and thank you for listening.